Welcome to another episode of Drone Chat, a podcast all about drones and people using drones. Brought to you by Safe Droning Australia, your online safety equipment store for all drone users. In this episode, I'm speaking with Acting Sergeant Robert Whittle, who is the Chief Pilot for Drone Operations with the Queensland Police Service. Morning, Rob. Morning, how are you? I'm really well, and yourself? Yeah, very good. Now, Robert, I have a question for you. How long, first of all, have you been in the Queensland Police Force? I've been in the Queensland Police Force now for uh, just over 17 and a half years. Oh, only a little while then, hey? Yeah, just sort of one or two years, yes. Okay, so obviously what, you started off in sort of general duties first up, did you? Yes, yeah, started back in uh, 2002, general duties down the Gold Coast uh, and spent many years as a general duties officer working uh, mainly out of Coomera Police Station and before moving up to Logan and performing duties as a crash investigator with uh, the Forensic Crash Unit. Aha, uh-huh. which leads us to the subject that we're going to be chatting about today, UAVs or drones as they're often referred to being used in forensic crash investigations. Yes, yes. So how long have you been involved with the Forensic Crash Unit yourself? Uh, I spent oh, just a little over five years as a forensic crash investigator uh, down at Logan, and uh, from there I moved into scenes of crime. Scenes of crime led me to forensic imaging up at Roman Street Police Headquarters, and from there I uh, took on the role of the over from the uh, previous chief pilot to form the role of chief pilot for the RPAS, the Queensland Police Service, on a full-time basis. Okay. Now, I think you might be able to confirm something for me, and that is that the Queensland Police Service is one of the first police organisations in Australia to actually embrace the use of RPAS, wasn't it? It was, yes, yes. Our previous chief pilot did a fantastic job and uh, identified the good use of drones in a policing context uh, back in 2010. And uh, since then, they've liaised with CASA quite a lot to work out how we can actually use these drones in a policing environment. And 2013 was the first REOC issued to Queensland Police Service, and we were the first ones in Australia to actually get a REOC for uh, using drones in an emergency services operation. Okay, so obviously there's a REOC issued to the Queensland Police Service, of which you're listed as the current chief pilot. Naturally, I would assume you have a REPOL or remote pilot's licence yourself? I do, yes, yes. I've got a sub-25 kilo licence, as well as the fixed wing as well for seven kilos. On top of that, I've also got a a manned aviation background uh, as a commercial pilot, actually, and I've still got a a current manned aviation pilot licence. Okay, so you've got a good understanding of the aviation industry. That's that's really good. Now, your other officers that are involved in the crash unit, roughly how many separate sort of remote pilot units do you have in the state at present? That's a good question, actually. It's, um, with the, the forensic crash, there uh, the trial is going, well, it's past the trial stage now, and it's certainly operational. With the forensic crash units we have down at the Gold Coast, at Coomera, at Brisbane and also the Sunshine Coast now. They are equipped with drones and are flying them. Uh, throughout those units, we have uh, eight pilots that are licensed to fly them, and they have been flying them quite regularly, actually, in the, in the last six months, mapping crime scenes, uh, mapping the uh, traffic crash scenes very accurately and very quickly as well, uh, as opposed to traditional methods using, for want of a better phrase, uh, surveying equipment that usually takes about six hours to 
accurately map the scene. The drones are actually doing them within about 15 to uh, 20 minutes. So that's obviously got to help from a traffic movement control point of view, hasn't it? It certainly does, yeah. The benefits to the community are great. Uh, They're not held up in traffic jams for an extended period of time and uh, it certainly helps getting the traffic flowing again quicker. But at the same time, it's not adversely affecting us and we're still being able to map those scenes accurately for further investigations and calculations later on. Obviously, as a lot of us will understand, with doing survey mapping, there's different software that's available. Are you, you don't necessarily have to mention the name of the software, but are you using normal commercial software that's available to, to anybody or has there been specific software developed for the Queensland Police Service? And yes, we're uh, just using commercial off-the-shelf products uh, that are quite really readily available outside. They do the job very, very well, and and of course they're priced accordingly. Uh, but we're finding that those products certainly work very well. There's no need for us to develop in-house products whatsoever. Is it just that the tra- like a traffic accident that drones are being used for uh, in the service, or is there other areas that you've, you're sort of currently expanding into or looking to expand into? Yes, we have uh, drones situated from Thursday Island all the way down to the Gold Coast. So it's quite a big area that uh, that is covered by the drones. And the, the sections that are using them, obviously, forensic crash uh, are now getting into them. We've used them a lot for uh, forensic work. Uh, and that's for looking for evidence in high places where under workplace health safety arrangements, uh, by the time that you put ladders up there and, and uh, safety gear for climbing on climbing in height, the drone can do it quite safely. And um, once again, too, the drones with the forensic side of things can certainly map their scenes quite accurately and quite quickly uh, without any hindrance to any further investigations of those scenes at that time. Uh, we're also using them for, for public safety as well. It's not only just for public safety, but also for officer safety at critical incident scenes. The images fired by the drones, um, we can see straight away are live-streamed onto just say a TV, and uh, the forward commander can actually have an appreciation then of an overall view of the scene at that time uh, just by simply looking at the screen rather than tying up the radio by contacting every person around that scene to work out where they are or if they need to need help or assistance in any way. That's keeping the public safe as well as us safe as well. Does it get involved when, you, when you're sort of perhaps on a situation where you're searching for someone? Are drones utilised there as well as men and women on the ground, so to speak? It's an interesting one, the search and rescue and the use of drones. It, uh, some of the weather conditions obviously play a factor in, in operating the drones. Uh, they're certainly not a panacea of not, not the one-stop shop, so to speak, for search and rescue. Uh, they're used in conjunction with, with feet on the ground and uh, obviously can't see through the foliage at all. So we're looking, they are a good tool to assist in a search. Uh, they certainly map the area prior to the search so it gives the ground crew something to, to see straight away, to see what terrain they're walking into uh, and just see the layout of of where things may be in a particular area that uh, may warrant further searching or additional uh, manpower to search. What about thermal imaging? Is, is that something that um, has been utilised before? Uh, thermal, yes. Yes, certainly, certainly is. With the technology that's available in the cameras these days, especially with um, the thermal imaging side of things, uh, it can definitely definitely help. And um, trouble is, 
you need to be pretty close to to the ground to really get the the contrast uh, and the detail in the thermal camera. So sometimes flying over terrain, that's not safe to do so, uh, to get really close to the ground due to the terrain or the the foliage that could be around. So all of the the officers that actually using the drones, they've all uh, been and done their training and got a uh, REPL or remote pilot's licence as we know them. Yes, yeah. All their training is done external to Queensland Police Service. We don't have a, a training authorisation from CASA, so it's done by commercial companies outside, and uh, they all, pilots are required to have their repuls. And uh, all the, we've currently got just over 70 pilots with Queensland Police Service. All of those pilots, before they fly for Queensland Police Service, we put them through uh, just a proficiency check, just like any other airline company, uh, flying manned aviation does, and we have requirements for recencies uh, every 90 days as well as yearly checks that we do on the pilot well maintain certain standards. Is there any plans to uh, increase the number of pilots or that are actual police officers, or is there any plans to perhaps um, utilise uh, pilots from the public sector? All our pilots are, are sworn police officers, and uh, and we will be keeping it as, as sworn police officers. The growth that we want to create in the service, it's a step-by-step. One thing you don't want to do is you don't want to grow very, very fast because then you don't have the required oversight uh, as per the CASA regulations to uh, keep your operations consistent with the CASA regulations. And, uh, and also, we like to upskill our pilots as well. So we have regular training days that we, do, that we conduct and we go through things such as airspace, uh, interpreting the, the rules and interpreting the charts as well, the aviation charts, just to keep a, a very good knowledge base with our pilots to increase their knowledge as, and getting them more and more competent as they go on, as their experience grows. Now, just recently in Brisbane, there was the uh, Drone Congress held, and uh, I noticed that Queensland Police Service had some representation there. Uh, with uh, an officer, and you now they had a motorbike that was uh, kitted out as the, a forensic crash unit. That must really help with uh, getting to the scene of accidents sometime, particularly in peak hour traffic. Certainly does. Yes, yeah, motorbike can uh, can get to the scenes uh, a lot quicker than than uh, motor vehicles themselves, and uh, that has been the case in a few of the latest crashes, unfortunately, that they've been required to attend. Is, uh, the bikers managed to get there a lot quicker than the uh, the vehicles themselves, and been able to to map scene quite quickly as well using the drone that's in the little carry basket uh, on the side of the motorbike itself. So, is just forensics from a crash point of view, or does it help with like a, a, a normal general crime scene? Do, do drones get used at all there as well? Uh, depending on the crime scene, uh, with our forensics, uh, they will attend major crime scenes. And uh, as part of the process of investigating those scenes, they will use the drones as a tool in their investigative process. Uh, that's mainly for major crime scenes. For general duties applications, no. We haven't been using them for those as yet, and uh, mainly just for the forensics. With other public order events such as uh, Gold Coast 600, uh, I know definitely last year the drones were used Gold Coast 600, and um, that provided good overwatch of what the crowd was doing. And if there was any trouble spots, uh, they could easily be seen with the camera in the air. 
of course, there was a lot of other aviation traffic in that area, so there was a lot of liaison uh, between the other manned aviation traffic and the drones to make sure that it was safe for everybody. Uh, but we could still get the job done as well by observing the crowd and uh, identifying trouble spots before they flared up. Yeah, I suppose that that's something that uh, perhaps the general public don't sort of think about. Um, but as licensed operators, it is possible to operate in with manned aircraft, but there's got to be certain arrangements and terms and conditions put in place and uh, obviously be equipped with air radios to be able to communicate between those air, other aircraft operating in the area. That's right, yes. A very heavy emphasis on safety. Uh, you, very, you must be competent on the aviation radio and uh, and. It's very good to to know the manned how manned aviation works as well because that it does make you a, a better drone operator because you understand the main manned aviation procedures and uh, you can operate quite safely knowing the rules and uh, and making sure that everybody is uh, conforming to the rules and regulations separation of air traffic. Is there any areas that you would like to see drones be used by the police service that? currently isn't or are there, are there particular plans in place that you're, that you're looking at expanding into? Yes, we certainly have plans, that's for, that's for sure. <laughs> but uh, we'd certainly like to see the marine environment, so uh, with the water police. So it would be a very, very good tool to use and there's plans currently underway uh, to introduce the water police into the drone usage. Okay. As I understand, we, we've, we've got to be a little discreet, a little careful about what we talk about because it is... The police service, and it is from a security point of view. But what's what's some of the main big advantages you, you see that could help the water police, for example? Well, certainly when they when they're steaming past a, a small island, or uh, even up in in the Gulf country up there, with the the tide being out, you have the shoals and so forth. So the vessels have to stay obviously in in water uh, that's deep enough for the for the vessels to operate in. If they're perhaps uh, needing to search a, a small creek quite a narrow creek and they can only get a very small uh, little vessel inside there. Using a drone uh, would certainly help um, as they're motoring up and down the, the estuaries. Uh, it'll just save the time uh, that the vessels will need to divert and, and cruise up rivers and cruise cruise up estuaries, obviously keeping the drone within visual line of sight and uh, the 30-metre rule, populous area rule, etc., uh, keeping that in mind. But it will certainly assist the water police in... in most probably fuel costs, um, as well as manpower as well. And being a marine environment, you don't have to worry about trees as you're flying around. So uh, operating the, the drone over the water is would be a quite safe exercise to do, making sure, of course, that it comes back to the boat and not where it took off from. <laughs> yeah, that's you don't push the return to home button unless you're spinning <laughs> in the <right>. one spot. <laughs> you uh, only do that once. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, Robert, so... We realise that, that there's lots of different applications for the drone and to assist the police and, and I suppose the emergency services in general. What about um, in a bushfire situation? What is, is, is the police service helping the fireys in, in that case? Yes, both the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services and Queensland Police will be, we do use drones in the disaster, especially the current disaster areas, bushfires. Uh, and for any emergency services operation, uh, we currently look after the Queensland Fire and Emergency Services drone operations as well. But if I could ask for everybody that's out there that do have drones uh, and do like flying them, they are they are a great little asset, for, especially for aerial photography. They're fantastic. But if you are operating 
or want to operate uh, near any fires to capture any images for yourself, please don't. Uh, we've had manned aviation aircraft that are, are quite low. They're operating well and truly below 3,000 feet to uh, assist in water bombing operations of the fires. But we also have the emergency services drones in use in these areas as well, uh, getting overall and assisting with further investigations and also disaster relief efforts. So if you do want to use your drones in these particular areas and, and observe the fires with your own drones, definitely don't. You are jeopardising the safety of manned aviation traffic as well as causing potential conflict with other drones that may be in the area as well. And not to mention that you'd be hampering the attempt to help the general public that are under threat from the bushfire or whatever the state of emergency is. That's correct, yes. Robert, I want to thank you for your time this morning. Appreciate you coming on to Drone Chat to talk about the fact that Queensland was the first police service to take up and use drones. I hope that the force continues to uh, look at ways at how they can utilise this technology to, to make life safer, not only for us, the public, but also for all the members of the emergency services. Thank you very much, Shane. Pleasure. Well, that's all for this episode. Remember to subscribe to the Drone Chat podcast. Join our Facebook group, Safe Droning Australia, and check out the website, safedroningaustralia.com.au. Thanks for listening. I'm Shane Adamson. Happy and safe flying, everyone.